Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. Today's episode of the Visibility Factor podcast is brought to you by Amplify You, the ultimate program designed to unleash your full potential and amplify your success. Imagine having a personal coach cheering you on, guiding you through a journey of self-discovery and helping you break free from those limiting beliefs that have been holding you back. That's exactly what Amplify You is all about. Whether you're a leader now or aspiring to be one, this program is your ticket to a more confident, empowered you. It's like having a supportive friend in your corner encouraging you to dream big. It's about having the career success that you want and creating a life you truly deserve. Amplify You offers a unique experience to help you build the confidence to tackle any challenge life throws your way. If you're interested in learning more about the program, please visit susanmbarber.com and click on the menu item, Programs. Are you ready to transform your life and your career? Let's make it happen. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is Sue Barber, your host. I'm thrilled today to bring my guest, Scott F. Burns, to you today. He has written a book called The Leader's Legacy, and it's really, really great. I've already read it, and I can't wait to share all the things about it with you. So, Scott, I'd love to have you introduce yourself to the audience. Thank you very much, and, th- and thank you for the invitation to to, uh, to speak on the podcast. I'm looking forward to, to talking with you over the next hour or so. So, by way of introduction, uh, my name is Scott Burns. Um, I am uh, an executive coach. I'm an executive coach for about 16, uh, coming up on 17 years or so. Um, um, I also am a leadership development advisor, consultant, where I, I work with uh, work with organizations uh, to help them uh, develop. Uh, their important leadership strategies and execute on those uh, leadership strategies. I'm um, also an author. We'll get have a chance to talk about my new book today uh, called The Leader's Legacy. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about what inspired that and 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 all things. Um, I'm, I'm very passionate about leadership and particularly what I call leadership done right. What my grandfather taught me was was called leadership done right. So have a chance to talk about that. I, um, a little in, in way of background, I, I uh, spent about 30 years working in a leadership development, organizational development, HR executive role in mostly Fortune 500 companies, uh, where I got to focus on a whole lot of things. I had the good fortune to work with thousands of, of really amazing leaders and, and uh, hundreds of, of, of senior leaders that I learned a whole lot from, among other things. And I, and I coached and advised and got to have a little bit of an impact uh, over, a call it a 30-year period of time. And, and about three years ago, made the decision to uh, to start my own uh, coaching and consulting firm focused on all things leadership. Amazing. Right. So I'm, you know, just as a starting point, I would love to get your perspective on how things have changed, right? Since you've been in corporations for a really long time, now outside of them in some ways, what what are you seeing as the big changes that that are happening for leaders today? Yeah, and that's a good question, Susan. You know, I think, and it's funny, I, I thought about that uh, quite a bit as I was writing my, my book, my leadership book. And I've and, and I, and really been writing the leadership book in my spare time on um, 
uh, over the last eight or 10 years or so and, and just really started focusing on, on, on uh, finishing it in the last year or so. But um, along the way, as, as, as I started really, and the, and the book is really about what I've really recognized as those common and uncommon traits that the best leaders on the planet, at least the best leaders that I worked with and that I grew up with and, and common and uncommon leadership traits that, that the best leaders really kind of demonstrated. And the part of what I noticed is a lot of those leadership traits for literally the, the best of the best um, are foundational leadership uh, traits, are, are, are things that, that the best leaders focused on. And, and they are, they're, they're, they're kind of bedrock, things that, that we probably could have been talking about 50 years ago or 100 years ago in terms of leadership. They're, they're, um, I've got another book that I'm in, in the process of starting right now that's focused on historical leaders. And, and there are leadership traits that Abraham Lincoln and George Washington and, and other folks have, have demonstrated over the years um, that are, are some of the seminal things that, that um, still remain in, in, in terms of effective leadership. So I think a lot of the things are, are, are foundation. It, it starts with how much you care. And you care deeply, care deeply about the people you have the opportunity to empower, to engage, to to, to lead and develop um, in your organization and your clients and your business and care about your own leadership. Um, it, it starts with values. Uh, where do you place your, your values? It starts with, with authenticity. And you talk quite a bit about that in the visibility factor, really being your true, authentic, best self. And that's... Um, that's what really makes the great leaders great. So a lot of the foundational things I, I, um, are, are are the same that they've been for a long, long time. You know, I think some of the things that are different is, and I think we, we you know, kind of recognize, you know, it's, it may be a generational thing. You know, each generation brings um, brings different things to, um, to the world, um, and leaders need to respond to that. I think one of the things that, that may be different, uh, particularly in the last 10, 15 years or so with the advent of technology um, and the ad, ad, with the um, acceleration of, of kind of the, the, the um, communication um, and tools that our, our people have is, um, you know, I think the, the folks that we lead at this point um, are expecting um, a little bit more. Uh, in terms of leadership and in, in terms of being able to develop them in terms of of what could you do to help them and enhance um, their skills enhance their careers so I think um, I think there's a there's uh, an increased focus on how are we engage we talk a lot about engagement in the last 10 15 20 years um, and how important employee engagement is um, I talk a little bit in the book about how do you create an authentic followership as a leader with the people you follow and it starts and I talk about it starts with loyalty and it's not about how loyal they are to you it's how loyal you are how well you're taking care of your folks really is the the, uh, helps really uh, ensure that you've got um, an engaged group of people and and a followership Um, and I think that's I think that's changed quite a bit in the last 10 or 15 years the expectation uh, that folks are developed uh, from an overall career perspective you know I think the other thing that uh, COVID brought is uh, um, we recognize that that folks can do what we're doing right now, which is to to um, to, to work in a, in a virtual setting and, and work very very effectively in a virtual setting. It's funny. I worked for ADP my last 22 years of my career, and way before COVID, we had uh, we had teams that were 
100% virtual in some cases. Um, and we had the technology to be able to, to work effectively and stay engaged as a, as a leader and as a team and everything else. Um, I helped spearhead a uh, leading, uh, leading virtual teams program that we built at ADP that kind of flourished. And uh, we ended up uh, training uh, several hundred leaders on how to very effectively lead virtual teams. And once we started gathering the best practices of, of uh, how some of the best leaders led virtually, we recognized that, that you can lead as effectively virtually and you can lead if you've got the right folks who are hardworking folks and, and are hitting their metrics and are, are motivated, they can work extremely effectively in either different parts of the country or in some cases now working from home. Yes, for sure. Yes, it's definitely changed some things, but I think it's uh, provided opportunities uh, for people to do things differently and be open to the fact that you can work remotely successfully and uh, it Mm -hmm. doesn't always have to be in the office, although I think people miss being together at times as well. So it's, it's kind of both sides of that for sure. Yeah. When you started to sit down and think about this book, you mentioned um, your grandfather, which I know was a big inspiration to you um, growing up. So I'd love to have you share a little bit about that story and what really inspired you to write this book. Yeah, and, and my, grandfa- my grandfather was um, the mayor of our town. Um, he ran a very successful business. He was a leader among leaders. They had... Um, the the governor's office came about halfway through his tenure as a mayor. He'd been mayor for about seventeen years and asked him to come for run for governor. And he and he, you know, politely said, "You know what? I got people to take care of locally here. Um, I'm going to stay here." Um, but uh, an off the chart leader, best leader I've and I've I've been fortunate. Like I said, I I um, in my thirty year career, I spent the, the last twenty two years in in a senior leadership role working with working on several uh, different uh, senior leadership teams and, and interacting with, with some of the best leaders on the planet. Uh, my grandfather was the best leader I've ever met in my life, which is, which is pretty inspirational. And he did what, you know, what I said before too, he did leader, um, what he called, what he used to call leadership done right. If you're going to do anything, you might as well do it right. And leadership is no ex- exception. And if you and him are in a conversation right now, you were the only person in the world. And, and um, he treated everyone like that, genuinely. And you talk about genuine. Um, he was as genuine as anything else, but he cared about his people. He cared about his community. He cared about his business. He cared about himself and his leadership and the impact that he, he recognized the impact that he, he, was, he had. So a um, very, very inspirational leader. I started writing this book I mentioned about 10 or 11 years ago, uh, literally on the back of napkins and and, and just capturing. Um, I wanted to capture some of the um, insights and some of what I recognized from some of the best leaders that I'd been working with in the first uh, dozen, dozen and a half years of my career um, and started capturing those things. And, and six, eight months of capturing some things, I decided, you know what, I'm going to put this into, pulled up a Word document and started putting a storyboard together and and started writing uh, the book. Uh, But what I noticed is the the leadership traits that really distinguished those leaders that were off the chart leaders that I worked with, uh, particularly those leaders that were off the chart leaders for the long term, for a long, long time, uh, led in the same way my grandfather led. Um, And it was a a nice insight. Um, So, um, and... um, you know, pretty inspirational too. We, you know, my grandfather got to show us, and the you know, couple hundred executives that I worked with that were off the chart leaders as well, the best leaders, have, have shown us that you can do leadership the right way. You can care like crazy about you know, you wake up in the morning, 
and go to sleep caring deeply about uh, those you have the the opportunity to, to empower and engage and lead um, and uh, and be off the chart effective. So uh, it's, it's part of what, and it started with my grandfather. That's awesome. I love how inspiring that is. And, and every time you talk about him, you just light up. So uh, I know how important he was to you and just sounds like an amazing person uh, for all the people he was, you know, the mayor of the town for, and, you know, obviously for your family. So you have 10 difference makers, you call them in the book. I would love to have you just share maybe a few of them to give um, the audience an insight as to what an, a difference maker means, right? What that is. And I'd love to know how you thought about them when you were writing, because you included some great stories as well in each one of them. The book title is The Leisure Legacy, but it's it's the 10 difference makers that really set the great leaders apart. And, and there are there there are a lot of things that, that the great leaders do to be really, really effective. I just decided to focus on 10 of those things. Again, traits that my, my grandfather showed, but but even more importantly, um, I've got a, a lot of examples and a lot of stories that demonstrate these leadership traits uh, from the uh, the senior leaders and the leaders that I the managers that I worked with over the years. Those things that they demonstrated. It starts with your your own integrity. It starts with values. You know what are your what are your leadership values? And it really does start with um, again back to some of the things you talk about, Susan. Um, really understanding yourself as a leader, and that among other things means understanding uh, the, uh, the strongest of your th- uh, of your strengths. Uh, among other things, what I do as an executive coach is a, I'm, a, I'm a strengths coach. I, um, I get to work with a tremendous amount of extremely strong leaders out there. Um, and part of what I do is, is, I, is I really um, challenge them to, to really understand at a, at a depth what, their, what the strongest of their strengths are and then we get to work to determine how they can leverage the living daylights out of those strengths, among other things. So really understanding yourself. But it's and, and, it, and that starts with uh, being very mindful and having some honest conversations with yourself and, do, and doing some work to find out, you know, what are the what are what are the handful of things that I'm that, that I'm best at? And I, and I I tell my leaders this all the time. I used to tell my leaders this a long time ago. I tell my, my clients this on a regular basis. You, you know, they. They hired you for your strengths. Use the living daylights out of them, absolutely. And let's find out what they are. So, and, and again, that if you understand your strengths and, and what you bring to the table, you can really focus on your integrity. Um, so, I think it, it starts with my, my first, you know, leadership difference maker that I highlight is is is, is really lead with integrity. Um, uh, you know, some authenticity and integrity. Um, and I talk a little bit about how that leads to it. It's interesting. We've all, I think, we've all heard. Um, the uh, emotional about emotional intelligence, um, and I picked up on that years and years ago. And, and as I've worked with leaders on a regular basis, I challenge them to think about the emotionally intelligent decisions that they make on a regular basis, and really understand how they were able to, to be effective in the role using their emotional intelligence, and, and then how they can replicate that and, and use what they learned in, in all kinds of situations in their life. Over the last few years, particularly as I was writing the book, I, I started to think about emotional intelligence from a leadership perspective, and I and I really started thinking in terms of of leadership intelligence. I kind of recognize those leaders who just get it, and and they get it because they put the hard work in. They've learned along the way. They've learned from mentors. They learn from from some pretty good leadership books out there and other things. But um, those leaders that just get it are uh, lead with what I call 
a strong leadership intelligence. And that means a lot of things. I mean, for example, the leaders who have a strong leadership intelligence really understand their the organization and how to navigate their organization. They understand who the formal and informal leaders are. They understand what the written rules are and the unwritten rules are and, and how to navigate those and a whole lot of other things. So so uh, first thing I, that I really talk about in the book is, is, is you know, leading with integrity um, and leading with the leadership intelligence and what that looks like. Um, I alluded to a second one, you know, leaders demonstrate how much they care and, and, and they care about everything deeply and, and their behavior and what they do to, to, to get better as a leader and be even, you know, more and more effective as a leader each day um, demonstrates how much they care. And they care about, again, they care about their folks deeply. They care about their organization. They care about their clients. They care about their business. They care enough to invest in their own leadership as well, and to, and to continue to be want to be uh, stronger and stronger leaders along the way. Um, so I think a demonstration of how much you care, along with integrity, is important. You know, the other thing that I noticed, um, and it came back to mind as I've been writing the book, and I had a chance. My my grandfather passed away 26 years ago, and particularly in the last couple of years, as, as I've been interviewing my uh, fo- uh, family and folks that have worked w- with my grandfather over the years, um, I, I got to relive a lot of lot of memories. And the the one one of the things that stood out, um, and that stood out with with the the g- general managers that I worked with that that were hi- highly effective, and the and the senior vice presidents that I worked with that were you know, that really impacted large, you know, parts of the organization. And my, and the same thing with my grandfather is uh, some of the best leaders really understand how their leadership presence is an important part of what they do to lead. You know, it's neat thinking back a couple of, of uh, folks that I interviewed about my grandfather to get some good stories. Um, Use the same thing. They said he, he had a leadership presence. He would walk into a room of, of lead, senior leaders and they would all gravitate. Uh, and it, and it goes back to how much they knew he they knew he was going to take care of them on a on a regular basis, and he cultivated a leadership presence. So I talk a little bit about um, how important it is to to recognize what I've what I've told leaders along the way. I, I, I developed a, a new a new leadership um, course uh, at ADP about uh, fifteen or so years ago, and one of the one of the um, leadership training sessions that we focused on was was we're focused on really understanding your leadership presence. And what I used to tell we used to tell the leaders is is particularly now that you're a, a new leader, you know, recognize that when you're walking down the hall, or you're you're walking by someone's desk, or or you're walking in a room, everyone's everyone's going to pay attention to you. everyone's. You've got a presence, um, and so take that seriously, and and understand that what you say and 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 what you don't say, and your body language and everything else, and that when what you communicate is is very very important because you do have. If you're an effective leader, you've got a you've got a a presence that really helps make a difference. So um, so those are those are uh, three or four you know different things that we focus on when we talk about the ten uh, different. Uh, leadership difference makers and a whole lot more, but those are, those are a handful. Those are great ones. Those are very foundational uh, difference makers to start with. And uh, you're so right about the leadership presence. We used to uh, tell people, you know, walking down the hall, (laughs) if you look angry and upset and we're going through a merger, 
people will make assumptions, right? They're going to create stories that, oh my gosh, this is bad. She looks mad. She looks upset. Uh, so you really have to have a, a little bit of a poker face at times and, um, you know, be as transparent as you can to talk about those things that are happening for you. But I think it is uh, something to pay attention to because the other thing is what you say can lift a team up or it can bring a team down, right? So your language is important. And it feels maybe like, as we're saying this, like pressure for leaders to be very mindful of. But I think once you get into the groove of it, it doesn't really, it just becomes who you are. It just becomes what you do and you don't have to think about it as much. But in the beginning, I, I think it is something to pay attention to and be very mindful of uh, when you're leading teams for sure. So I'm curious of all of the experiences and the stories that you talked about in the book, are any of those really impactful for you? You mentioned your grandfather was obviously impactful for you, but any of the other stories that you shared that were really big lessons for you that you learned as a leader yourself? Yeah, um, a bunch of them. I, haven't, I, um, I, I, I love working with strong leaders. Um, and I love the stories that have come out of it. So being able to, to kind of relive those stories has been important. There, there is, um, you know, I talk about, I talk about how, I talk about loyalty and how well you take, how loyal you are to your folks. And, and, um, if you're genuine about that and effective, uh, with your loyalty, uh, folks will walk through, folks will do amazing. Your teams will do absolutely amazing things. Um, I tell a story about, uh, I was new into my um, senior leadership um, role. And I, I, um, I was actually uh, 23 years, 24 years ago, um, I was uh, invited uh, to my, my uh, to ADP at my last company and, and uh, brought in as a manager. First, first time in my career, I'd been, uh, I'd, I'd worked with senior leaders for since the first day of my uh and, and worked with leadership teams uh, in all of my career. First time I've been a manager. About eight months into my manager tenure, I got a phone call from one of my um, uh, leaders' leaders um, and asked if I would consider coming out and, and uh, being a, a senior leader for a very large region that was going to go from one location to four locations. Um, and one of the things I said to her, I said, you know, I, I, I've been a manager for eight months. I'm still learning how to, you know, what I'm on, I'm on about page 16 of the manager manual here. I'm still learning this. Um, and she said, I've got, you know, you've got some good, I got faith in you and everything else. I ultimately said yes and moved out to uh, Pennsylvania um, and, and got to work with the best uh, general manager that I think ADP, my company has ever seen before. Highly, extraordinarily effective. Uh, always won the region of the year and, and he was he was a leader among leaders as well among other things so um i, I learned in a lab uh, a kind of a leadership laboratory for the six years i was out working for him and and for our expanding uh region along the way but i was still pretty pretty new at leadership and i'm thrown into a very huge uh senior leadership role um and, and learning on the fly and i and i and i think i was doing okay but there were i was there, there. I was doing my first year as as a leader, kind of struggles that you. That I think most of us you learn a lot along the way. Long story short, um, I uh, got a phone call from that same senior leader who asked me, you know, a year or so before to come out and 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 lead this large uh, organization. She said, you know, I 
um, some things I want to talk to you about. There's some things you really need to work on. I think you need to, uh, um, and I think we've got some things we can polish up, but, but we really need to um, talk a little bit about, can you fly out to Detroit and, and meet me out in Detroit? Um, and uh, on Monday, and, and we'll, we'll have a meeting and we'll talk about some of these things. I'm like, okay. Um, so went over, run around the corner my, to my general manager's office and said, Bob, we're, uh, I got to just FYI, I got to book some tickets uh, for a trip up to Detroit on Monday. And he said, well, what's it for? Um, and I told him what it was for. He said, okay, well, book two tickets. I'm, I'm like, what do you mean book two tickets? He says, I'm coming with you. I'm like, what do you mean? You're, you, I, I can take this I can take this meeting on my own. I'm good. I'm prepared. um, And he said, I'm coming with you. So long story short, we fly up there. He gets up at four o'clock in the morning. We meet at the airport, fly up to Detroit. And he'd been working with this, with this senior leader that I was going to meet with for a long, long time. They had a very good relationship. They did a lot of good work together. Um, But um, he took over. It was a very, very short meeting. So I walked in, we walked in, he walked in and my other uh, senior leader and, and Bob and I walked in to a conference room and, and getting ready to have somewhat of a long conversation, I'm guessing, with um, my senior leader. And Bob took over the meeting. He said, you know what? He said, tell you what, um, let me just tell you, um, Scott here, he's my guy. I think, he, you know, he's new. He's, he's learning some things, but I, but he's got all the, all the, the um, what he needs to do to, to learn to be an extremely good senior leader on my team. And he's my guy. And that was it. And he, and I was his guy for the next. And so he, um, and one of the things I found out was very early on was he didn't single me out for that kind of loyalty. He, he did that with all of his folks and his folks walked, absolutely walked through fire for him and achieved amazing things. He had probably the best senior leadership team, the best leadership team that I've ever worked with before in my career. And not coincidentally, uh, they had extraordinarily, uh, engaged in, in, highly, highly performing, uh, teams that was that we worked with in our region as well. So a little bit of loyalty goes a long, long way. Um, and it, it, you create, um, some, some really strong leaders. If, if you're, um, if, if you, uh, really empower and really care about the people. Um, and I, and I saw that on a pretty regular basis. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Just to have the complete confidence that your leader has your back, uh, can make such a difference. I talked to someone yesterday who has the opposite situation right now. And obviously that's a lot more challenging when you don't know if you're being trusted or not, or if you can trust them. Uh, the trust piece is just as much, I think, as loyalty, a uh, very important piece of it. Yeah. And yet you earn that trust, right? Every day. Um, if, if you're effective at what you do, that's mm-hmm. good. So what are you hoping that people, the people who read your book, what are you hoping they take away? You can be an effective leader who makes your part of the world a better place by how well you lead. And I think that's important. And combine that with, you know, we've got enough, we've got enough examples of, of a leadership done wrong um, in, our, in our world. In my vast experience, and I've worked with some leaders who, who weren't as effective as, as other leaders and maybe, maybe didn't care about other people as much as they cared about themselves. But for uh, the vast majority of executives that I worked with led in the, again, the same way that my grandfather led and, and they cared like crazy about folks. It, so you can be an extraordinarily high effective leader and most of the great leaders are um, and, and be, a, be a really good person and, that's, uh, and, and, and be effective, particularly in the long run. There are some leaders out there who, who can be effective and hit their numbers for a while, but if you don't really care, it's typically a short-lived, um, you know, 
leadership stint, among other things. And that, and that's inspiring. I you know it, it's nice to nice to know that we live in a world where leaders who care are the mm-hmm. best leaders out there. Yeah, I think it's a great message for people to hear because I think if they work for people who are not inspiring or they don't believe it's possible to do like what you shared here today and be a difference maker in a way that maybe they haven't seen before, uh, I think it's inspiring for them to know that it's possible and that you can be really effective. And, you know, have a lot of care for your team and be inspiring loyalty in them. It doesn't always have to just be, and I think sometimes people think, oh, it's only about the delivery. It's only about the execution. And if I care for my people, then it's going to make me look weak. I actually think it's the opposite. And I think leadership has shifted over the last, I don't know, hopefully it continues. But over the last, I don't know, five or 10 years, you start to see more about the types of leadership characteristics that are actually going to be needed. And I think, you know, no one could have predicted COVID was coming, but I think during that situation, you had to have care for people because people were going through things they could have never dreamed of and the very difficult things and continue, you know, to have some of those challenges. So I think it is a good set of characteristics for people to really focus and hone in on and build some strengths around. Yeah. I've got another, another story. Same, same, coincidentally, the same general manager that I talked about before. A um, couple months after I got the job, um, it was in Pittsburgh. Um, I happened to be in his office. We were talking about something and, and something uh, I remembered back to my, to when we interviewed, I went out to interview, I interviewed all day. I was with him for eight hours, I interviewed with him for eight hours. And he took me to, uh, took me to his country club and took me to where he's, he played little league baseball, showed me around his town and, and, um, met uh, obviously all this, all the, the leadership team and everything else. But the one thing I said, I, I said to him at the time, I said, a couple months in, I said, you know, I, th- I found it interesting during our interview, we spent eight hours with you and you didn't ask me very many work related or HR related. I was going out for an HR exec role, HR related, uh, things. And, and, and what he said is, is, um, he says, he says, Scott, he said, I figured they wouldn't have sent me an HR guy who didn't know his HR stuff or whatever. I just wanted to make sure that um, you were somebody that I could go out to lunch with, that I enjoy go out to lunch with. And in other words, kind of kind of be yourself. So that was a nice message. Um, and I took the opportunity in that conversation that I said, you know, the other thing I've been curious about the first couple months I've been out here is best region. You've run the best region for the last 12, 14 years or whatever. And, and, and so I said, what's your secret? He said, it's, it's simple. Uh, he says, we just, we just hire nice people. He says, it's, 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 you know, we just hire nice. I said, it's gotta be more complicated. He said, nope, we hire nice people. So we can teach them how to do payroll and HR and everything else. Can't teach them to be nice. And the same thing for my leaders. We, we hire, we, we interview for night. He called them nice. I call it caring, but he, he, we, we hire, um, nice, uh, leaders. So Simple. Sometimes um, you can sim- you can keep things simple and and focus on, on something as important as, as being nice and caring about people. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> uh, not something you always hear. So I love that, and uh, I hope it inspires people to start to think about that for themselves as they're hiring people. That you can teach them a lot of the skills they need to do their job, but you can't always change who they are, you know, personality wise or those types of things too. So awesome. Well, if people want to connect with you, where is the best place for them to connect with you at? 
my my book is called The Leader's Legacy, so you can you can uh, go out and take a look and, and and pick up the book. My the name of my firm is also my executive coaching and and leadership consulting firm is also called The Leader's Legacy. Um, so if you go out and and Google The Leader's Legacy, uh, there's a couple of different uh, books out there, but um, mine. Uh, typically will come to the top of the list, which is good news. Um, so you can find me that way. Um, I, um, you know, uh, my uh, email is um, hopefully easy to remember as well, which is leadership.sf. Uh, Scott, my middle name is Frederick, by the way, which I was named after my grandfather. So uh, leadership.sf burns, B-U-R-N-S at yahoo.com. So it's an easy way to, to get a hold of me. But the website, uh, um, is a, is a good way to get a hold of me, and, and I'm very active on on LinkedIn. Uh, I spend a good good amount of time on LinkedIn as well. So, and I would welcome if anyone wants to learn a little bit about um, um, if about leadership done right, uh, wants to learn a little bit about the power of you know uh, leadership coaching is a dif- uh, differentiator is a huge t- a differentiator that I've seen uh, with with the dozens of leaders that I've worked with over the last couple of years and and hundreds of leaders I've worked with and coached over the last uh, several years or whatever so interested in learning about taking your leadership to the next level as an individual leader and or if your organization is looking for uh, looking for a partner uh, with about 30 years of experience and expertise on leadership to help you drive your important uh, strategic leadership strategies, um, uh, reach out and I'd love to talk to you. Well, I will put all those links in the show notes so that everybody can find you and just uh, click on the link to go find your website and to learn more about your book and everything else that you're doing. So I'd love to transition into now the four questions that I ask every guest on the show. I call them the rise up and be visible quick tips. I would love to ask you those and get your perspective. So the first one, visibility is, if you can fill in the blank and then tell me why you answered that way. You know, I do, I've talked a little bit about your presence and I, and I guess I'd, you know, number one, I'd kind of relate it to, to, you know, how well do you, how do you show up? How well do you show up? Um, and, and again, that goes back to how authentic are you, you know, what, what, um, are you leading with your values? Are you leading with your, uh, with your integrity? So, um, I think, I think visibility is, is being your authentic, bringing your best self every day in every interaction as best you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are you doing to be visible? I'm talking on some podcasts, among other things, which is nice. Um, and um, <laughs> I, 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 I love what I get to do. Uh, you know, part of the reason I decided to, to leave my, my corporate job a while ago and, and, uh, and, uh, is I, I wanted to spend call it the next 30 years of my career, the last 30 years of my career really focused on, on work, uh, working with, with strong leaders and strong leadership teams. Um, and so it's easy for me to, to reach out, uh, you know, is on LinkedIn or pick up the phone and, and I've got an old, you know, my, my, uh, my old Rolodex, my old, um, online Rolodex right now is getting a lot of, is getting pretty well worn out. So, so reaching out and, uh, staying connected with all, you know, the executives that I've worked with over the years, the leaders I've worked with over the years and, um, the experts in the, in the field of, of, of leadership and, and coaching. So, um, uh, staying in touch and, and, and those, you know, can, can lead to opportunities for me to help, help with their teams and everything else. But, uh, it's a nice way. And I, and I enjoy it. I, I'm a, I'm a bit of an extrovert. Uh, I enjoy talking, 
I, I enjoy uh, talking to people. I enjoy getting in, in front of uh, large groups of people and I enjoy talking one-on-one uh, like this. So it's, um, it's pretty natural for me to, to, to uh, like the visibility. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And what is the best career advice that you've received? It's, it's, it's from Oscar Wilde, who was dead probably 100 years before I was born, a writer in the 1800s. And he said, um, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. Um, that's that's pretty mm-hmm. good. That's pretty good yeah. career advice, among other things. I've gotten some very good career advice from from a lot of people I've worked with. But I I think about that quote on a on a uh, on a pretty regular um, yeah. basis. Helps you stand out, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And and the other thing about that is, and I and I. I'll maybe do this one time in this in this conversation here. I, I stay on the po- positive, but but to look at it in the converse uh, and and not is um, people can tell, you know, the people you worked with, the people that you live with, the people that live in your you know your neighborhood. The third or fourth time, the third or fourth week that you're working with somebody, if if you're not being yourself, if you're not being authentic, mm-hmm. people people yep. know it. Um, so um, might as well be yourself. Be your best self, by the way. Um, uh, continue to polish what you have to polish, um, and, and continue to work on those things that you need to work on and be aware of, uh, but, but, uh, be yourself. Um, everyone else is taken, so might as well enjoy it. Love it. And finally, a book that you would recommend. There is the, the most recent book that I, um, the, is, uh, a Marshall Goldsmith book and it is, called um uh the earned life lose regret choose fulfillment marshall goldsmith is he has written a few books on on leadership uh he is a preeminent uh leader and i was i was had the good fortune of uh he and i uh, have interacted a little bit over the years uh, he uh and uh he's uh he offered it to provide an endorsement so he's 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 the first first uh story he's my my first uh the first notice in my book actually so he's provided a nice endorsement for the leader's legacy which is very very nice but he's written a lot of good books and this um this book in particular is is really it's a bit of a leadership book but it can be applied to to what we all need to do to earn um to um to to earn your life, to earn a, a really, really good, uh, fulfilling life. Um, and, you know, among other things, you know, took a lot of things from the book, but one of them is, is, um, being mindful enough, particularly when, when we're in critical moments, having critical conversations or in critical moments is, is, or needing to be very, very present with the person in front of you is just simply ask yourself the question, am I being my best self right now? Am I bringing my best self? And it's a, mindset it's a it is uh, a, a practice um and if you do that you know every day several times a day and every week you know if you do it for a couple of weeks and a couple of months it becomes uh ingrained in you to really think about am i bringing my best self to this whatever is in, in front of me right now particularly if it's a if it's a very important thing it's simple but really impactful yeah for sure. Yeah, I remember when I read uh, What Got You Here Won't Get You There by Marshall Goldsmith. That was a game changer for me to start to think about leading through people versus doing things on my own. <laughs> uh, so I loved that book for sure. It definitely impacted me in a big way. Well, thanks so much for being here, Scott. I so appreciate you talking about your book. I love what you've written. I know it's going to inspire a lot of people to start to think about their own leadership and hopefully um, make some shifts where they need to. 
uh, but that it's possible to do it in a way that maybe they haven't seen before, which I love. Yeah, very good. Thank you. very, And, and thank you again for, for the invitation. Thank you for the contribution you've made with the visibility factor and, and with the book and, and all the folks you've touched with, with your podcasts. And uh, again, thank you for the invitation today. Yes. Well, it's great to have you. Well, thanks everybody for joining today on the Visibility Factor podcast, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor podcast.